0: Okay, we're back on this Friday, also known as Day 1 of Stage 3 of the reopening throughout the province. Pretty much all of Ontario on to Stage 3, except, of course, us. Us here in Toronto. We'll have to wait a little while longer. But a lot of in-house dining, restaurants back open throughout the province. Also back open today throughout the province, gyms. And coming up, we're we'll going to discuss what the experience is going to be like moving forward, going to the gym. How will the gym be different from what we knew pre-pandemic? We'll talk with a gym owner about that coming up inside the next 10 minutes. But first, we want to take a few minutes as we head into the weekend and cover off some of the latest COVID headlines as there is some uh, concerning news coming out of a few provinces. Let's uh, welcome in Dr. Joe Vipon. He works at Rocky View General in Calgary. He is also the medical expert for Masks for Canada. He's on the line and joins us here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
1: Doctor, good afternoon. Good afternoon, just to clarify, I'm not the medical expert. In fact, we have like 20 to 30 doctors that are working with us across the country. I'm just one of the voices. There's so many people who care about this.
0: Okay, but I'm told that you are the best of those 20 voices. (laughs)
1: you could say so i don't know about that we have some great people on our team
0: without a doubt and i appreciate the clarification uh let's talk first if we could off the top about what's going on where you are there in alberta because alberta just recorded its largest one-day spike of covid cases over the last little while Uh, what's fueling that doctor
1: 120 in alberta yesterday that's by far the biggest since uh since uh may and the majority of those being here in Calgary. So very, very worrisome. Um, I think it's just, I mean, we know what's going on. The, the lockdown is over. Nobody has the energy for a lockdown anymore. And so they're out and about. And we really haven't put in any, any other protective uh, um, efforts in place. And that's why our group is pushing for masks. Because if you're going to take away one layer of protection, you better be damn sure you're adding another layer of protection. And masks, I mean, there's really no not a lot of options. Masks is that next best option
0: so is that spike there in alberta pretty much community transmission it's not a, like a long term care facility that had a flare-up
1: it's majority young people and i'm hearing of reports in restaurants i'm hearing reports there's two spin um spin classes that have been shut down or spin shops i guess uh that have been shut down uh, because of this um, so that's where it seems to be occurring right now
0: Okay, is that a bit of a cautionary tale for us in this province in Ontario? As I mentioned off the top, we're going into stage three in a lot of areas, and gyms and restaurants, those two things you just cited, are reopening today.
1: Well, let's remember how this is transmitted. It's it's being transmitted through pre-symptomatic and asymptomatic spread, so people with absolutely no symptoms. They're going about doing their regular activities, and they're breathing. And we know the things that make this worse is when you're breathing fast and hard, like when you sing or say when you're in a spin class. Um, And we also know that the location is important. So indoors worse than outdoors, um, prolonged contact worse than transient contact. And I think when you think of a gym or a spin class or a restaurant, this is exactly the kind of situations that make the highest transmission risk possible.
0: I right, Just also wanted to touch on one other uh, piece of business in Alberta there with this uh, spike. Is that a cautionary tale for the uh, rest of the country? And you just mentioned that, uh, you know, people in Calgary walking about as if we're now post-pandemic, uh, you know, perhaps we've got some COVID uh, fatigue. Is that spike there in your province? Is it a reminder that uh, COVID is still around?
1: You know, we have a crystal ball. So we can actually, as a group, predict the future, because we all we have to do is look at jurisdictions anywhere. You want to see our future? Look at Texas. You want to see our future? Look at Florida. This is what happens when we don't act like that we're in the middle of a pandemic. And we are very, very early on in the curve. I'm not worried about the 120 today. I'm worried about the 1,000 in two weeks. Um, we need to prevent things from getting worse. Logarithmic Growth is our enemy and the only way you deal with it and you deal with it early and remember the 120 that we're seeing today in Alberta is reflective of our policies that were in place two weeks ago, not today. So we are already well behind the curve here.
0: Since we're talking numbers, let's move one province over. There was a study out this week that said uh, BC, their COVID positive cases are eight times uh, greater than what has been uh, reported. And that's got a lot of people just wondering, uh, doctor, how reliable are the COVID numbers that we're getting on a day in and day out basis? How reliable are those really?
1: So they were looking at serology. So they were looking at antibodies to the virus in just random blood samples around, around uh, around the province. And that's the numbers that they came up with. Um, I don't know exactly how accurate the numbers are. They were very small, but there's two things we can learn from this. The first is is that less than 0.5% of the population has antibodies to this, or so has been exposed to this, which means there's a lot more potential spread that's available in BC and presumably in places like Ontario and Quebec as well. Um, so we are there is no herd immunity there is still massive potential for growth. We are not through this. I think that's the most important takeaway from this. Um, And then as far as the numbers being much higher in the population than what we're seeing in the actual numbers, one of the things you need to remember as well is BC had one of the lowest test rates. They were not testing minimally symptomatic people for the the most part. Um, And so it's not surprising that their official test numbers are very low compared to what is actually being seen in the population. Um, uh, so we just need to be really, really cautious. We we are very far from being through this.
0: Would you say that's true for every province, and I guess the country as a whole? I mean, unless you're testing everyone, every single Canadian, can we truly have an accurate gauge or barometer of just how many COVID cases uh, there are that are active?
1: Yeah, that's, that's correct. And I think contact tracing is super important. Let's not negate that. I don't want to minimize that at all. When we find a positive case, we need to see who they were in contact with. Um, but let's not pretend that we know everything that's going on on the ground.
0: Yeah, do you think that's an accurate barometer or gauge that uh, perhaps the number is eight times higher than we have or we can count? So, example, or for example, there again in your province with 120 uh, cases, really the number might be closer to 900 new cases.
1: You know, I think those kind of math games are really hard to weigh in on because we don't really know the numbers. These are these are pretty. The study was pretty small. That's I think one of them was four out of about 800 serology tests at one point and two out of about 650 for the other and you know one or two difference in in serology positivity would give you different numbers so let's not focus on the specific numbers but let's just agree that because of asymptomatic spread because of um, um, minimal symptoms as well that some people get we really don't know what's happening on the ground but we do know that we are from these numbers that we are very very far from the end of this um, this uh, problem and that herd immunity is 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 non existent here in, in in our in our country okay let's
0: switch gears and talk about face masks because they certainly have been in the news over the last couple of weeks uh, in particular with uh, us here in Toronto sort of leading the way when it comes to mandatory masks for indoor public spaces uh, are you a proponent of that just how important is that to make mask wearing particularly indoors, mandatory?
1: It's so important. It's so important. And it's important for a couple of reasons. The first reason is that um, we know that this is preventing people that are asymptomatic from going out there and spreading it. And the second reason is we do think that there is a little bit of PPE, so it's preventing people from getting infected. And up until this point, we've seen lots of strong, strong recommendations. We we really, you know, this time we really, really mean it. Um, and that's just not enough. As a, as a, species, as a society, we're much more apt to do things when we're told to do it rather than strongly recommended. How long was were seatbelts strongly recommended before they were mandated? And the reason why they had to mandate it is because uptake was very low uh, until the mandate was put in place. The modeling shows that if we're going to beat this virus, we need to have. about 60 to 80 percent of the population wearing masks and we just haven't seen those kind of numbers with these strong recommendations I I saw somebody can't remember somewhere in Ontario they said that they were out in a in a store a week ago or before the mask mandate there was 25 percent of people wearing masks after the mask mandate 99 percent so uh this has a a very obvious effect on behavior. We do what we're told, we're good, good citizens, um, but we need to be told to do these things. Strong recommendations aren't enough. All right, do
0: they need to be enforced do you think because that's uh, one of the you know criticisms one of the things we talked about uh, here in Toronto that yes uh, our city government is going to make masks mandatory indoors but there will be no enforcement uh, no penalties. Do you think that that needs to be backed up or is the recommendation of mandatory mask wearing enough?
1: Yeah, I I agree with that. I don't think we should be enforcing this. There's there's two things that come from enforcement there, you know, people can use this to um to, to um, imprison or find people of lower socioeconomic class, the homeless, um, other people that uh, you know may not have access to masks, and that's not good. Um, what we need to be doing is encouraging the mask wearing. The, the main enforcement should be the consequence. You're not wearing a mask, therefore you don't get on the bus. You're not wearing a mask, therefore you don't get into the store. And that should be the main quote-unquote enforcement. Um, and then we should have masks available. You want to get on the bus, you don't have a mask? Here's a mask. You want to get into the store and you don't have a mask? Here's a mask. Um, the other thing that's really important to recognize, as soon as a mandate's put in place, that forces all institutions and businesses to put in rules around the masking. So if it's a strong recommendation, your local mom-and-pop store can, can get away with not putting in any rules because, you know, it's just a strong recommendation. But once it's a law... Um, every single business needs to say, okay, now we have to have policy in relation to that for our, our uh, institution. And so I think that's also something that we've under-recognized as important.
0: Is this something that should be a decision of each municipality, each uh, city, or would you like to see the federal government uh, speak up on this and perhaps make masks mandatory right across the country? I mean, if they're that effective and they're that important, I mean, I'm not even sure there, where you are in Calgary. Is it mandatory right now?
1: No, no, they have a big uh, debate going on on council on Monday and a vote on Tuesday. So um, it's really exciting to see, you know, I've been working on this nationally for like four months now. And it's really exciting to see this come home to my to my home city and see where that's going to go because we, we sorely need it here. Um, as far as your previous question, uh, this is the joys of living in federalism, right? You know, <laughs> we're a federalist. Uh, we have different uh, powers for different Uh, Jurisdictions and health is a provincial jurisdiction, and of course there are there are also municipal powers too. Um, Other countries have put in national um, bylaws or national laws uh, mandating masks. I don't know if that um, is feasible because of our federalist system here, Um, but I sure would like to see provinces be a lot more aggressive. We're so proud of Quebec for putting in their mandatory mask law. Uh, Ontario, of course, sadly. not jumping on that bad wagon and Alberta even, even worse. So, um, so, um, we have a long way to go still.
0: All right. Dr. Vipon, really appreciate your time with us this afternoon. Have a enjoyable and safe weekend.
1: All right. Thanks for your interest.
0: All right. Be well. There's Dr. Joe Vipon. He is with Masks for Canada and a physician at Rocky View General in Calgary.